0: Philippians 1.12 says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Today, Paul kicks off his letter with a pretty solid humble brag. This is day two. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. All right, well, welcome back. It's day two. I'm here again with Brendan Lang, our Bible scholar, writer, author, same thing. Same thing. Thanks for coming. Hey, good to be here. And Melissa Payne, who is our community life pastor for Student Ministries. Hi, guys. Is that the right thing?
1: Nope. Are you serious? (laughs) What is it? Student Life Pastor. Oh, wait.
0: You thought it was Community Life Pastor?
1: It used (laughs) to be. (laughs) She literally corrected you
2: on that yesterday.
0: (sighs) Makes it sound like I don't know you. That's the thing. And I do know you a little bit. Okay.
1: You do know me. You just don't know what the title of the job is. But actually, no one does. Well, titles
0: are irrelevant. I've always said that. That's right. Yeah.
1: And it changed.
0: Well, I feel like you both are pretty good people. Really? In general, this is how I'd like to start out. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, have you ever had any like run-ins with law enforcement? Hmm. What do you mean by (laughs) (laughs) run-ins? Define run-ins for me. Well, I know. Well, for you, Iowa, Brendan's from Iowa. Yes. So I'm sure run-ins, you can see him coming because everything's flat and it's just a lot of (laughs) corn. No, it's not. And like... Iowa has all
2: sorts of nice green rolling hills. You're thinking of like Nebraska or Southern Illinois or I've never Kansas. been to Iowa
0: and been like, yeah, wow, look at all these mountains. <laughs> have you been to that Iowa? beautiful scenic drive. Oh, come I'm, on. I've wow, never been to roads. Iowa. You were missing out first off. But
1: So what does this have to do with the run-ins with the law?
0: Run-ins with the law. I what? mean, not literally run-ins. I'm talking about like, have you had any encounters where you may or may not have been in trouble? I've been pulled over a few times. That's mm, it.
1: Speeding. It's
0: your only run and you never I've, been arrested. I've you actually didn't gotten, use your
1: blinker. I,
0: <laughs>
1: everybody
2: makes fun of me for being a really slow driver. Okay. but <laughs> I actually have more speeding tickets than anybody I know. And it's because like every time I just take a chance and I'm like, I'm behind, I'm running late, I get pulled over. And so... I never take a risk
0: anymore because I've paid way too much money to. I don't. Police department. I don't think that's why you drive slow. I think that's like a subconscious thing. You forget that you're driving. That and You're is, like, oh yeah, gas pedal. That, I should do that. <laughs> I should do that a little bit here. I'm thinking and I can't multitask. Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
2: What I about can you, Melissa? That.
1: Any run-ins with the law? There was a time we were like. TPing somebody's house and like the cops came and they made us like clean it all up. But you apologized. never went to jail or anything? I do, I, I do have I a story have about that actually. I have never been arrested or in handcuffs You've never been in jail. or in a cop car Okay. or in jail. No. Oh, so
0: you're a pretty good, you're <gasps> a good, good person. That's but, right. Mm-hmm. I'm a very good person. We actually did that once in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you well, TPed somebody? Well, or you went to jail? Some friend. No. <laughs> oh yeah, one time we went one to jail. One of my jail. friends was
2: pretty close to because he had like... <laughs> I don't know why he had a bag of powdered sugar, like oh, okay, in a Ziploc bag. Guy, <laughs> yep. oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> the cops like look in his car and they see this bag of white powder and they're like, "What?" He's <laughs> he's just just why a did good he neighbor. just carry
1: around a bag, bag of powdered sugar? He was making something and he was, he was bringing it over. Would he That's just right. like just
0: being a nice guy? I don't know, but
1: dip into it anyway. That's weird. Okay. What about you, Tyler?
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Any run-ins with the law? I feel I've, like you would have more than us combined.
0: Well, thank you for that. I you're appreciate welcome. that. That makes me feel it's like just, you. It's
1: just, you're adventurous, so.
0: Sure. One I'll share was in college. I went to a school in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of caves because yes. it's like a very rocky sort of mm-hmm. mountainous, more so than Iowa. Yes. It has some hills. Mammoth It has big hills.
2: Iowa has rolling gentle hills. Anyway, continue. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Iowa has the superior I you know this, It's superior they're driving They're very sensitive They're better driving conditions. Very respectful hills Okay Okay Well Kentucky has the Non-respectful kind of hills They
1: are They are jagged And
0: underneath them There's a lot of like caves, caves And stuff yep. mm-hmm. Well we knew about one Like freshman year mm-hmm. And we would go in, And you can go caving Like you go under With like headlights And yes. you're basically Like mountain climbing Underground Yes and
1: spelunking yeah
0: kind of like that no ropes just like whatever and there's like water in there so you like go through that and stuff well we do this for like three and a half years four years and then one day we got there and there's like this grated thing covering it Mm -hmm. I guess it was on somebody's property turns out and it had been closed off but we came back a few months later and it was gone and so we went back in and we went caving Mm -hmm. and when we came out there was a fish and wildlife officer waiting for us he was my favorite (laughs) officer I've ever encountered really yes so he wrote us up for third degree misdemeanor trespassing is third on. degree worse than first degree no it's like, m- it's like the most it's minor it's barely a misdemeanor degree. yeah. and then he told us it would be a $25 ticket he was writing this up while there were two dead fish in his like pickup and we're like why are there two dead fish just sitting and rotting in your pickup and he's like well I guy was fishing without a license so I had to take his fish <laughs> I was like, there's no better protocol? Like, the damage is done. He gets
1: to take the fish. Were the the fish
0: alive? No. no. Originally. Oh, I have. Well, they weren't there. They were definitely not alive at all. (laughs) So, yeah, I've never really gone to jail. But today, Paul's talking about one jail experience. Oh, there are many. There are multiple. Well, to find out more about that, do you want to take us through our commentary
2: for today? Day two advancing the gospel in all circumstances. In Philippians 1.12, Paul's letter to the Philippian church turns to a discussion of Paul's present circumstances. In this section, Paul confirms what he has already alluded to in verse 7, that he is in chains. In other words, Paul is imprisoned as he had been many times for preaching the gospel. There's been a good deal of debate about where Paul was imprisoned and what the specific conditions of his imprisonment were. It could be that Paul was held in a dark, overcrowded, and unsanitary room, which was common at the time. It is also possible that Paul was held under house arrest. Whatever his specific circumstance was, this would appear to be a ministry-halting situation. Paul however saw things differently. He writes in verse 12, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. From Paul's perspective, his imprisonment didn't slow the spread of the gospel, it actually advanced it. There are two reasons for this. First, Paul's imprisonment gave him an opportunity to share the gospel with people he might never have otherwise met. In verse 13, he specifically identifies the palace guard as one of those groups. The palace guard, also known as the Praetorian Guard, was an elite force of Roman soldiers with significant political influence. These soldiers would sometimes stand guard over prisoners like Paul, but they also had the honor of guarding political leaders including the Roman emperor himself. Because of his circumstances, Paul was able to share the gospel with the praetorian guard, and as a result, the gospel began making its way into the inner parts of the largest, strongest, and most interconnected empire in the world. Second, Paul's imprisonment advanced the spread of the gospel because it inspired others to boldly carry on his mission. He writes in verse 14, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. At this time, preaching about Jesus had dangerous consequences as demonstrated by Paul's own imprisonment. It would have been understandable for Christians to be afraid of sharing their faith. Paul's willingness to embrace these consequences for preaching the gospel actually inspired others to show the same kind of courage. Paul's message and model should inspire us too. It can be easy for us to shy away from sharing our faith because of fear or concern that our circumstances aren't quite right. We don't feel adequately trained or we don't view our everyday settings as the mission field that God has called us to. What God wants us to discover is that He can use us no matter our circumstances. In fact, He may have placed us right where we are because He sees the opportunity in our circumstances. The choice we face is whether we will embrace our opportunities
0: or choose to give in to fear. For day two, we're reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Melissa, do you want to take us through our discussion questions for today? Read his question, then give us a little space to journal or reflect.
1: Day two questions. First question. Philippians 1, 15 through 18 describes a situation in which some tried to stir up trouble for Paul by preaching the gospel with wrong motives. There's a good deal of debate as to who these individuals were and how exactly their preaching could bring Paul difficulty. What is clear is that they were motivated by selfish ambition. Later in Philippians 2-3, Paul instructs the Philippians to live differently, do nothing out of selfish ambition. How does Paul model this teaching in his own response to this particular situation? second question. Paul's courage in the face of imprisonment gave others confidence to preach all the more. What is it about courage that inspires confidence in other people? Which courageous people can you look toward when you lack confidence in your faith?
0: So today we're talking about Paul being in prison, really just Paul is talking about himself being in prison, which is why I was like, oh, what a humble brag. I'm in here, but (laughs) Christ is still doing his thing. Right. Okay. A little cocky, Paul. Maybe just a little bit. I mean, a little bit. He's... (laughs) I think what he's getting I
1: think at, he's
2: not
0: really... That,
1: how do you I mean, feel about that, Brendan, really? Well, I mean, he's
2: definitely got some attitude. What I think is fascinating is this is the part of the letter where he should be writing about his own circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. He is kind of alluding to his circumstances, but it's actually a lot more about what Jesus is doing in the midst of his circumstances. Mm-hmm. And he sort of indirectly says that he's in chains, but the mm-hmm. way he says it is he's in chains
0: for Christ, right? Is that, mm-hmm. What's the exact one? So his your? humble brag is not really for himself. It's it's more for like the work that Christ is <laughs> doing. Is it is for doing? the sake
1: of the gospel? Yeah, I mean, well, exactly. To serve to advance the gospel.
2: It's a brag about Christ. It's not really a brag about anything that he's done. It's all that Jesus is doing
0: sort of behind the scenes and through these crazy circumstances. So you know he's in prison. We don't totally know where. Mm -hmm. We don't totally know what kind, but Mm -hmm. was this a common occurrence for Paul? Was he in prison a lot? For sure. So he actually writes this in a different book. I mean, we kind of pick this
2: up through the book of Acts. He's always getting beat up. And actually, we've talked about this already too, and we'll continue to talk about this. When Paul went to Philippi for the very first time, he was beaten and imprisoned there. And so it's fascinating that now he's writing to the Philippians about a new time that he's in prison yeah, and he's experiencing a lot of the same emotions. Hey guys, Mm -hmm. me again, also
0: in prison again. (laughs) In another place. (laughs) My body hurts, but hey, we're we're doing some work. We're doing some work. Stuff is getting done.
1: for the gospel.
0: But I mean, that's what's so cool
2: is like when he was in Philippi originally, he's imprisoned. He didn't deserve what he got. He was beaten up. He's a Roman citizen and, and as a Roman citizen, he had rights that prevented him from being beaten, but he sort of accepted, I guess, because he knew it all for the gospel of Christ. And he goes in prison. In the book of Acts, it talks about how he worshiped, right? Mm-hmm. With Silas there in the prison, and all of a sudden there's an earthquake and he's freed and all this, but he has joy there. And here he has joy again in the midst of his difficult circumstances because he knows that through it, the gospel is being
0: advanced. Mm-hmm. So take us into the prison situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, prisons then... Not like prisons now. For sure. To get food or to get like They didn't have clothes. TV? Well, you know, they Do have, they have TV in prisons today? They probably had rec time, right? I think
1: they do. <laughs>
0: no, I don't think so. But you know what I mean? Like, it couldn't have been the same living... Yeah, conditions I mean, as they would have
2: today. For sure. It's definitely not like anything today. Sometimes he's thrown like in cisterns and actually the place in Philippi where the traditional prison cell is. Oh, yeah, we saw that. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: uh, that was cool.
2: Yeah. Some people think that's where he was in prison. I don't think most archaeologists think that. But anyway, that's a cistern. I don't that's
1: think Brendan
2: thinks that either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, <laughs> talk, we'll talk about that more later. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could be thrown in these really terrible, wretched conditions. He could also just sometimes be under house arrest. He experiences this at some point when he's in Rome. And so he could actually be writing this letter from Rome when he's under house arrest. But even then, he needs people to bring him food. It's not like there's this kitchen that's providing meals and things like that. And that's one of the reasons why actually this letter is written, because the Philippians send a guy named Epaphroditus to come and take care of his needs while he's Mm. in prison. Mm. Mm. So the
0: church is really taking care of the prisoners that are doing their work. They know and see when they're in prison and they're like, Hey, we got to go take care of those people. Yeah. It's like the prison ministry. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. Why did Paul find himself in prison so often? basically because he's
2: going to all these places, he's sharing the gospel, and there are things about what he preaches that sometimes can cause problems with what the local authorities will approve. When he went to Philippi originally, we talked about this in the podcast yesterday, that he expelled a spirit from a girl mm-hmm. and got in trouble. These owners of this slave girl took him to the magistrates. And what they accused him of was actually advocating for customs that were unlawful for Romans to participate in. And one of those would be abstention, not participating in Roman emperor worship, because that's a big deal Mm -hmm. in Philippi. It's a big deal in places like that. That's
0: right. When we were there, we saw like a whole temple that was like dedicated to the worship of Caesar. Yeah. And, you know, it's just got imagery of gods all over it and stuff.
2: It's not so much a problem that he's preaching Christ as another deity, as the son of God, because, I mean, they have lots of deities. I Mm -hmm. mean, if anything, they're actually maybe happy that oh there might be some other god we didn't know about that we should worship but he's add him to the list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no he's saying there's the one true God. This is, the, if this only is the one, one true God you can't yeah. worship all these other gods. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that creates all sorts of problems with people in their religious views.
0: Well, I think one thing he says a lot in this book too is you know he goes forth and preaches the gospel mm-hmm. and like says that over and over again. And I think people say that a lot today too. What does that mean to preach the gospel? What does that mean in our context, really? Because for Paul, it's obviously just telling everybody about Jesus in this context, in a new context, and people have never heard this story before because it's the first century. Nobody's heard this before. But for us, what does that mean to preach the gospel?
1: Well, I think sometimes people would think it would be telling the story of Jesus, you know, death, burial, resurrection, all of that, because I believe that that is what the gospel is. But I think in this sense, it's the way that he lived out his life. It's the way that he loved others. It's the way that he served others. It's the way that his life reflected what he was preaching, that he was preaching about Jesus, but that he was a living sacrifice of that, like he was living that out.
0: Hmm. So in a way, like— Preaching the gospel is more about how we live than it is about what we say. Well, I I think it
1: it can be both.
0: I think it's both.
1: And Mm -hmm. I think
2: it's what is the gospel, right? Right. The gospel, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a word that means good news. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus talks about the gospel himself, it's much more than just about him coming and dying for sins. Yeah, that's central to what the gospel is about, but it's really about how Jesus is establishing a kingdom here on earth Mm -hmm. where he's going to reign and changes the way we live. And so that's why, to your point, yeah, it does affect the way, it changes how we should live when we accept the gospel We're accepting not just the fact that Jesus died for our sins, we accept the fact that he rose from the dead and is king of the universe. And that means if he's the one true son of God, Caesar isn't, I need to live in accordance with the ways Jesus asked me to live.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that Paul's courage To see every opportunity is like an opportunity. Yeah. Every circumstance really is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in prison, not going to really stop what he's doing. And that takes immense courage to be able to stand up and be like, I know the things that I believe and they give me a firm foundation no matter what I encounter. So if I see or do something that is not how it's supposed to be within Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God, I'm able to speak out confidently. Or transform somebody's life confidently. You know, he's talking Mm -hmm. to a guard or whatever. And I love the second question that we talked about today. Which courageous people can you look toward when you lack confidence in your faith? But it's easy to do like the churchy answer and be like, oh, Jesus.
1: People in the Bible. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I like
0: Matthew. Yes. Yeah. And maybe Paul.
1: Paul is pretty cool.
0: I mean, he's in prison. Yeah. Yeah. He's very courageous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, what does that question really mean? Which courageous people can you look toward when you lack confidence in your faith? What does that mean to you guys?
1: I think that I would look to the people who have impacted my life spiritually, and you know that can be my mom, that can be spiritual women or men that have helped me become the woman that I am today, and that when I am struggling or when I'm doubting my faith, that there's somebody that I can go to and see the way that they're living out their life, the wisdom that they have to offer, and I would say those are the people that I look to most.
2: I can look to people who've impacted me when I was younger, Mm -hmm. people who are older than me, who are wiser than me, who shared the gospel with me and Mm -hmm. helped raise me up. But I also, it's interesting being on this sort of stage of life where I'm now getting older and I'm seeing a lot of new, younger people grow up in the faith. And I love it when I see like kids in schools, like step out and live boldly. It can be really difficult to be a Christian sometimes in these places and just like live confidently the way that they know God has called them to live. There are students that come to mind right now in our own ministry here at the church that I'm like, man, I wish I had that courage when I was in high school. Also wish I could have that courage today, just in my everyday goings about.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the interesting thing too, is not only are we looking around ourselves and being like, okay, who's influencing me? Who am I not even aware of that has courage? Because for me, I'm looking around and I'm like, anybody who wants to try to spiritually influence me has to have a lot of courage. Like, <laughs> I look at some of the people who have like reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Usually, I don't even know they're doing it at first, but it's only afterwards I realize how much they've mm-hmm. sacrificed for me mm-hmm. to make me who I am and shape me for who I am. And that's us too. We have that opportunity for other people to take that courage and speak into their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's the realization is like, what opportunities are you going throughout your everyday life that you could be having a huge influence on people? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Paul is doing and trying to teach the church of Philippi. This is your opportunity. I'm in chains yeah, and it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Are you guys in chains? Because if you're not, yeah, you have even more opportunities <laughs> right <laughs> you at least have different opportunities how much
1: more you can do Yeah, for sure. I love that idea that you don't have to be old with wisdom but that you can be bold and courageous yeah. you know as a young student mm-hmm. or I think we can even learn from kids younger than that that just yeah. have faith like a child yeah. I think that's encouraging too
2: for sure
0: Thanks for joining us for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you checked us out. Keep listening. If today didn't seem like your cup of tea, check back tomorrow. Every single day is just a little bit different. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and eBooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org and follow us on Instagram at willowcreekns. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag Willow Journey. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.